Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Hey guys, it's Jackie Zabrowski and Page 7 and Wizard and the Bruiser are going back on tour with the Release the Butthole Cut Tour. We're coming to your town. Hold it. Where are we going? Salt Lake City, Denver, Colorado, Las Vegas. We're going to Portland, Oregon, Tacoma, Washington, Oklahoma City, Kansas City, and St. Louis, Missouri. Where can they find tickets, MJ? For tickets, go to lastpodcastnetwork.com. What's that again? Lastpodcastnetwork.com. Hell yeah. For the life of me, I can't believe that MJ and I have been talking for 20 minutes. We did not bring up the episode. I know. I'm so proud of us. We're getting really good at this. I was just like, oh my God, talking to each other like people. Which is <laughs> Compartmentalizing our Riverdale feelings until we're recording. <laughs> no, it's very normal. We're, we're dear friends who see each other and have to be like, don't talk about Riverdale. We have to save it for the stage. Save it. You gotta save it. Because I have to say to you, MJ, that after I finished this episode, I stood up and I looked at Jeff and I said, I think this was my favorite episode of Riverdale ever. <laughs> I also <laughs> loved this episode. I think it was really this... good. Wow. Where has this been? Yeah. Did they, is it all new writers or was Roberto Aguirre Sacasa? Did he go in and like give like a Ted Lasso esque speech in the writer's <laughs> room of like, we gotta take this home. We've gotta take this in the right direction. We gotta believe in ourselves. I desperately need to know if anyone involved in Riverdale listens to Riverdale Roundup because I really do feel obviously not week to week the fact that we called for more sexiness last week doesn't mean they were able to throw it all together this week but I do feel like we deserve some credit for this because I think we summoned it with our energy we we said we love this season so far we said that last week we were hesitant on the first episode. Episode two, we thought we might like it. And we said we want it to be a little sexier. And boy, did they deliver. It was such wow. a good episode. And wow. it totally has all the things that we loved about season one. It's all yes. high school based. I mean, all down to the makeup party. There was a makeup party in season one. And now and we're it back. it was horrible. Yes. Like, remember that makeout party? We were so excited. We're like, oh, makeout party's coming. And it wasn't very good. And they finally gave us what we've been screaming for. We got to see basically everyone in the cast kiss each other. 
Yeah. I, I'm going to, okay. If you listen to this show and you don't watch Riverdale, I actually might suggest <laughs> that you go on the CW app. You can watch it for free. Yeah. It's all free. And watch this episode, season seven, episode three. Yeah. For the kissing alone, for the sexiness alone. Yes, and you need no previous knowledge. Although, of course, if you listen to Riverdale Roundup, you do you have know a lot of previous knowledge. Yeah, but yeah, it is, you know enough. It really is such a good episode. Basically, it's just like, let's get all the characters all together, which we love. We love the character it, dynamics. Like all these like... 10 plot lines about each, you know, last season we were recording Riverdale and we were like, okay, Jughead had this thing. It doesn't even intersect with Veronica's thing. Also, right. there's Archie's thing that doesn't even, T never doesn't even see Betty the whole episode. It was like everybody had their far flung, everybody Separate had just been journeys. thrown to the winds. And this episode is like, we're going to put them all in the same room and we're going to make them all kiss each other. It is fucking perfect. It's perfect. It really, it's everything that I wanted. And I, I mean, I'm not going to say I didn't know I wanted it. I know I wanted it. Down to the dark room. Oh my God. We've got so much to talk about in this episode. I am, I, the costumes are killing it. Yeah. Everybody oh, in the cast is Lily killing Reinhardt, it. Man. Oh my God. Just every, everybody's <laughs> just bringing their a game. And you know what? You don't always see that in the last season. Oh, yeah. I mean, I think I would venture, venture to say for a network series that has gone seven seasons, it's probably rare to see it thriving in the last season, especially when we have at least five seasons that are fully not that good to bring it back and be knocking it out of the park with, yeah, well, like you said, the set design, the costume design, and just the vibe. You know, it was like the vibes have just been off for years. So off yes. that we didn't even know if we really had the same show on our hands for a long time there. And the vibes now are just like it. Like last week, there was a lot of um, we talked about like, is is Riverdale doing kind of an interesting thing where it's like helping us to really see what it would be like to be in 1955 and seeing the stuff that we don't see in the 50s nostalgia, like the racism and the homophobia. And then this episode, I would say, is like was much more like lighthearted in terms of like there was still a lot of the issues about the being closeted that that were driving factors in this episode. But for the most part, it was just like this is a bunch of horny teens. And they are yeah. like literally the premise of the episode is like they're all horny, but it's 1955. So they don't know anything about sex which is they don't know great. what to do it's, it's a, a great, great idea it's a great idea line. none of them have had any formal sex education and like they literally get a formal sex ed talk at school and it is about flower pollination like they have no idea and it we, it, we there's a lot of barriers broken out in this episode we get is his name clay his name is Clay. We get Clay uh, saying, I like boys. And I it just like made me boys, think of, Kevin. Boys like me, we'll <laughs> see, which is a rent reference. <laughs> um, did I sing it aloud to my partner? Yes, he did. Man, <laughs> Jeff loves when I'm not only forcing him to watch Riverdale, but then also make rent references Singing on rent, top of yeah. it. Oh, it makes his heart sing. <laughs> <laughs> That's why well, I have Phantom of the Opera songs in my head this morning because 
today's daily podcast was about Phantom of the Opera. Now I'm like, I'm going to be the most annoying person to be around today. Yes. But maybe it's going to be you because you're singing <laughs> maybe Rent. Maybe it's going to be you. <laughs> and yeah. I'm singing Phantom of the Opera. I think people more blindly accept Phantom than they do Rent. I'm going to yeah. throw that out there. Yeah. But in musicals in general, I, I would say maybe just because it's older. But anyway, I'm not going <laughs> to go down that road right now. <laughs> That's for a different the, podcast. That is a different podcast. And we I'm sure we will have that podcast at some point. Maybe whenever we do the Page 7 episode, so just the two of us, then, yeah. we'll just, um, then we can really um, nerd out about musicals if we want. <laughs> but in Riverdale, no musical episode today, but just a kissing episode. Now, I do, we need to start it off because when we last left off, Ethel came into the sock hop covered in blood. Something terrible has happened, and last week we're like, oh, what if it's somebody else's blood? What? No, it definitely is her parents. Yes, her parents are dead, and yes, she is being blamed for the murder. But here's the thing. She's, Ethel is saying that it was the milkman that twat done it. Right. And they checked out the milkman, the local milkman who was in his 70s. And he was like giving milk or doing whatever milkmen do, maybe <laughs> cleaning milk bottles or setting up the milk, getting milk things ready. <laughs> and keep, keep <laughs> spitballing. Did I mention what I else? just I just woke up? <laughs> what else might he be doing? Though? My brain, my brain isn't fo- like I'm just like having the first sips of the coffee. But this is when my Riverdale synopses shine don't you yeah. think mj absolutely you got to be unfiltered you know just yes. your first primal reaction let it all out my reaction was hubba hubba <laughs> i did so many like hump the airs as i watched this episode it was ridiculous but not during the ethel stuff because not during ethel, the ethel parts no and poor uh, although i will say well we'll get to that in a moment i had i have i have something to say about ethel Okay. Now, Ethel was busy, and the reason why she's worried, because Ethel, I don't know, what do we do with her? They just make, they make her so just pathetic, so she's just like... Jugged, what am I gonna I hate do? I what they do to Ethel. I have got all these pictures of me killing my parents. <laughs> and she's got a picture of uh, uh, of someone that looks just like her. With mutilated parts of people that look just like her parents inside of a meat grinder. Girl! And then fucking idiot ass Jughead. At least this is consistent with Riverdale. People just making horrific legal decisions. Jughead is like, oh, you're worried that something could be used as evidence against you in a murder trial? I'll go hide it. So dumb. So he goes, sneaks into her house, finds the drawing steals a bunch of the comic books that Ethel didn't write and Jughead didn't write, but that are popular. Apparently everyone in Riverdale has read them. Popular pep comics about a murderous milkman who, I don't know why if everybody read these comics, no one's like, oh, I wonder if Ethel's thing is like the comic that everybody loved and read. But the parents haven't read it. Only the teens Only have the read it. So, But why haven't the kids brought, brought it, it up? up? I, I don't know if everyone except for Jughead knows what, Ethel is going through and I think that Jughead is now he tried to cover up this evidence but also if there's one thing I know if you're covering up evidence at least burn it don't hide it under your mattress yeah instead of hiding it in your own house 
And I mean, yeah, you're right. I think nobody really cares what Ethel is going through. But to be fair, she did burst into the school dance in front of everyone covered in blood. And they then she really said, all should be getting therapy they, at this yes, point. But like, how many times have we said this in Riverdale? Right. There should be crisis counselors there. But instead, instead, what do they do? They don't arrest her. They don't hold her. They maybe question her a little bit. She says, the milkman did it. They say, that doesn't check out. And they let her go. Where? To stay with Hal and Alice Cooper still in her blood-soaked clothes. They're just like, all right, whatever, just go. They let her go stay there, and then they, sh- like, she's at Betty's house, and Betty's trying to set her up in her, in uh, Polly's room, and she's covered in blood, and all, I just kept making jokes because of how they write about plus-size, you know, characters oh, yeah. just in general, that I was like, we've got, like, a circus tent out back <laughs> that maybe you could wear. Would you like some sort of tablecloth or something? Because they can't even give her clothes to we Like, why are they... Why didn't they at least let her get cleaned up? Why wouldn't they take her back to her house to be like, do you want to shower and get some clothes? Also, like, I don't know what happens when, like, a, like, legal minor stumbles upon the murder of their own parents. But I should hope that even in 1955, the police were like, whatever, maybe someone will take you in. Like, the police don't help her find... Like, it's like Alice Cooper volunteers and Hal is very upset about it. Why? Maybe because he's a serial killer. So, all right, here's the thing. So the milkman and the story of the milkman, he escaped from an insane asylum and is going on a killing spree. Is it Hal Cooper that has escaped from prison... Or an insane asylum in 1955, and that he is the killer. Are we going? Are we going down like Dude. milkman Hal route? But they can't. It can't be Hal, right? I I won't be mad though. Listen, this episode was a great episode. I I wasn't ready to say best ever, but maybe maybe you're totally right. I think the only thing that's missing in this episode is any connection to anything else about Riverdale yes. other than the characters being consistent. But there's no it doesn't tie into anything that's ever ha- happened before in the way that previous seasons were obviously building on like a mystery. Right. Um, this was just a great standalone episode basically about a makeout party. But if this season managed to bring in let's say just a couple of threads, not hundreds of threads, but a couple of our favorite threads from throughout the years, like Hal being a serial killer, that could be fun, right? I don't think there's any way they're not going to, and I think that's why I love this episode so much, because you think about it, all right, the milkman is now the overarching mystery Uh that needs to be solved. But remember, and sorry, and I'm jumping ahead, please. but remember when... Archie and Betty kiss and there's a moment where they remember something like they're they both because they are both very good actors they both pulled away and there was this moment that they had where it's like we've done this before and I think that they're going to start remembering (gasps) shit and I think they're going to slowly start remembering and bringing this stuff in oh my if they do that and they're able to bring back the best parts of Hal being a serial killer, I will yeah. fucking tip my hat, man. Yeah, dude! That's, what if season seven just completely nails the dismount? I was not ready for that. No, this is so, I'm so shocked. In fact, even yesterday, 
I, I went to go sit and watch Riverdale and I was like, oh, we got to watch Riverdale. And Jeff's like, yeah, but last episode was so good. Are you really so upset to watch it? I was like, actually, you're right. I need to change my perspective. Yeah. Yes. Oh, we get to watch Riverdale. Yeah. Like, I have to get back into that mindset of like, no, you're right. I did enjoy last episode and I loved this episode. Yeah. Yeah. No, you're right. It is like we are back. We are back in the golden age, and I'm not talking about 1955. I know. Is it going to hurt us? I know. I mean, right. It could still jump the shark, but we are now on at least two very good episodes. Episode one, you know, we can, I'm still, still agonizing over the entire Emmett Till conceit, but I, I, I mean, the, the this episode what what was great about it being mostly about a makeup party but like you said they did bring in this milkman thing and so it was like a little bit more darkness than last episode which had very little darkness and so that's right. the thing Riverdale's got to well bring. all the dreams were pretty dark but we haven't gotten there yet and this episode not only brings <laughs> in the like murdery darkness but yeah this there was also some like sexy Woo. darkness Woo. like like the Woo. darkness of homosexuality you know as well as like uh, like untamed passion in 1955 yeah just like just the the need to be passionate because it is such a sexless world that they live amongst in 1955 so essentially what happens is that I think part of the reason why I'm assuming part of the reason why they didn't send Ethel back to her house is because she did find her parents chopped up in the house. So she probably doesn't want to go back over there. So Jughead's trying to help her out. But then they find the evidence that he was hiding underneath his mattress. And they're like, did you help her kill her parents? And they're both like, no, no, no. Like, I'm not just like and then Jughead. To get out of being like, I'm not just some weirdo. I'm not just some loner. I'm I was invited to a makeout party later. So I gotta go to the makeout party. So you can't hold me here. So they just like let him go and like, oh well, he's gotta go to a makeout party. Why are you telling the principal about the makeout party? Makeout party. What are you talking about? Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. And also related to Ethel not going back home, Alice is like, Betty, go back to Ethel's house and get her some clothes. And so um, right after Jughead has snuck in to get the picture that Ethel drew of her dismembering her parents and the series of comic books about the milkman who dismembers people, he hears somebody and he thinks, oh, the police. So he runs out. But it's Betty coming in to get some clothes in Ethel's dresser and just blatantly stealing her copy 
of what's the name of the book? Is it Human Sexuality? Yeah, but by Dr. Kingsley, not of the Ben persuasion, I don't think. <laughs> and, but yes, not King, not Kinsey, just Kingsley. Right, it's said. like kin- and, the Kinsey book, but but Riverdale's glamorous egg version. Yes, and it is all about human sexuality. Now, this comes on the heels of all of their first sex ed class, which again was just about flowers and um. So Betty steals this book. And this is where I was thinking that I was like, see, this is the problem is that Ethel's not getting any play. But technically, before this, Ethel was the only one that knew anything about getting play. Yeah, I love that Ethel had the book on human sexuality in her drawer and all the rest of these idiots out here are like, oh, what's a boner, you know? What am I supposed to do? How do I get it? Which I guess, you know, if we didn't, if we weren't raised with the sexuality and porn that we were able to watch, maybe we wouldn't know anything. Not that we knew anything to begin with because we thought that porn was how you were actually supposed to have sex. (laughs) But that's a different conversation for another uh, episode as well. So, I'm just saying, good on ya, Ethel, yes. for having the fuck book. Yes. Hell yeah, even though we all know it is a very like scientific fuck book, but that's all they had. So Betty steals it. And so she essentially is so excited that she has to tell everybody. And because they were so upset about their sex ed education day, Veronica's like, what if I host a makeout party now here's the thing what does smithers think about all these <laughs> I know, kids coming over veronica's every move out to hiram and hermione but i guess veronica just won't get in trouble because mark consuelo isn't here i guess season, so we'll just never see her parents and she can kind of do whatever she wants yeah i guess so so Go for her. Now, I forgot that this is actually all kicked off. Oh, my God. Can we talk about Lizzo for a second? <laughs> not, not to be confused Woo! with the other Lizzo. There is a greaser character um, in this episode, kind of in the vein of, who am I thinking from Greece? You know, Stalker Channing's Rizzo. character. Rizzo. Rizzo. Thank you. I was like, it's not Lizzo. But yeah, so it's Rizzo, but Lizzo. And she is just enthusiastically encouraging Tony to be like <laughs> the gay bully, which I really love. She really is like, just like, oh yeah, you want to go after the preppy, huh? It's like, oh, what am I, not enough woman for you? She's just like doing this like, oh, she looks <laughs> so hot. And I was just like, I really, I like staggered. I was sitting down and I was like, who is this? Where did she come from? Because she's like sexually forward and she's real hot and she wears dark lipstick in 1955. And I want a whole section of that woman. (laughs) I do. I want more Lizzo. And I want, I mean, Tony... Tony is, first of all, just so fucking hot. So the two, imagining the two of them together, could lord the the (laughs) tape that I would watch. But Tony has set her sights on Cheryl Blossom. Mm. She will not leave her alone. She, her goal seems to be be make her as uncomfortable as possible with just. I mean, it is like the conservative nightmare of what they think homosexuals do with their sexuality. She is just flaunting her homosexuality in Cheryl's face. And Cheryl's like, no, no. Although also clearly loves it. Yes, yes. Like that's the thing too, because I feel like the way you say it does kind of sound like she's doing this against Cheryl's will, but what like Tony and Cheryl both know that it is not against Cheryl's will. Cheryl 
is definitely loving it. But Cheryl was like a very sympathetic um, character in this episode, more so than usual, because yes. she's like so clearly like loves Tony and Tony knows it. And so Tony is being very like forward with her. But also Cheryl's clearly like really agonizing about being queer. And her mother goes to Julian. Penelope Blossom goes to Julian. Remember fake brother? Fake. Oh, fake brother. <laughs> and he's such a bastard, too. I love that we can also hate him I as hate, a character. I hate him. Hate him. And so Penelope says to Julian, like, I think Penelope's basically like, your sister seems like a lesbian, but she doesn't quite say that. And she's sitting there eating a papaya, <laughs> and she's and like, and Cheryl's just been in the, her spare time drawn really hot naked women, <laughs> yes, quote right. unquote, for art class. Right, drawing a lot of naked women. I forgot about that. She was spooning out a papaya. She's spooning <laughs> out a papaya. Such heavy handed <laughs> symbolism, Riverdale. <laughs> and Penelope is basically like, you seem a little bit gay to me, Julian. <laughs> set your sister up with a boy and so Julian goes to Archie and is like hey date my sister she's really experienced Can I, I she, wrote down this she dates college guys you know what they say about girls that like older men they're a lot more open minded than high school girls this is her brother yeah talking about her shilling her out and I was so disgusted by the line that I had to write it down that that is what he says to Archie to get Archie to go on a date with her ew Julian. Also, like, none of these people seem to have, like, ever done anything more than kiss. So what is he even talking about? Is he talking about, like, she's going to give you a beach? Like, what is I he... I think it is. Yeah. I think that's what he's implying. But it's like, I don't think that any of these characters have the depth of sexual knowledge to even, like... But, of course, Pete, you can suggest somebody's a slut without knowing anything about sex. That was basically all of middle school. So... Oh, yeah. Yeah, so he's like, my sister's a slut. And Archie's like, really? Great. Oh, cool. <laughs> because it's fucking Archie. And so Archie and Cheryl are like, they're not together, but they kind of pretend to be together for a little bit of this episode. And I was like having a roller coaster of feelings about it. So many feelings about it. And like, I could, I, I, I hate to say this, but like, I thought that like at points of this episode, even though I feel like KJ Appa in, or not, I shouldn't say KJ Appa, Archie in 1955 is even dumber than Archie in 2023. Way dumber somehow. But like in a fun, like comic book kind of way. Right. And like not just like, oh, what a fucking idiot. Yeah. But like he's just also, which makes sense for a boy, a sophomore in 1955, like he's raging with hormones. Yeah, he's And like so just horny. the thought, like he just keep, I'm sure keeps getting boners all over the place and he just wants to be wanted so desperately. And at that age, isn't that like what consumes your brain? It is kind of funny though to see, even though I'm still shocked by how young KJ Yappa is, but it is funny to see a group of actors who are all at least 25 do pretending to be like newly sexual, 16. newly post puberty, <laughs> like getting boners all the time. I'm like, KJ Eppa has a child, yeah, you know, has a child. <laughs> but it is really, I actually thought Archie's like, he, he, there's a scene where he's sitting next to Betty, and poor Betty is so horny, so, so horny. horny, and her poor gay boyfriend just is not satisfying her. And so there's a scene where after she's read the human sexuality book and she's sitting next to 
to Archie and Archie's like, they're like, let's practice for the makeup party. And she like scooches closer to him and then puts a hand on his leg and he leaps up and grabs a stuffed animal and puts it over his crotch. And he's like, I'm sorry, buddy, I gotta go. And it was actually <laughs> really, really cute. It was very cute. Now, this is all, all this sexuality is being spurned on because Tony invites Cheryl to the dark room. Remember the where all the beatniks go, the coffee shop where the beatniks go for a spoken word poetry night. Now, this is what where like everyone got so like starting to get horny. So you go there and <laughs> so essentially Cheryl is on a date with Archie and Betty because like everyone was going to go to the movies because that's literally the only other thing that they have to do. But somehow everyone's plans got changed to going to the dark room that night. Even like Veronica, who's still going after Archie, but she's like loosely going on dates with Julian Blossom. So she's there with Julian, but only so that she can get closer to Archie. And Betty is there with Kevin, but only so that she can get closer to Archie. And also to like, you know, feel something and be in a more intimate situation with Kevin. And then Cheryl's there with Archie and that's really weird. And Titi is just there. And she, well, I'm sorry, Titi is performing and um fangs but also there. fangs is there and kevin is there but not for betty he's there for clay yeah because like you said earlier clay came up to him in just a towel earlier in this episode and was like i like boys and and kevin's like whoa, whoa. <laughs> so watching clay perform this spoken word poetry, you could just see Kevin's mouth is agape. He thinks he's a genius. Also, Clay Archie, is like Clay is like doing like a like a dark version of the Pledge of the Allegiance. Pledge of Allegiance. Like, yes. He's like lightly criticizing the United States, and everyone is like, "Oh my lord, yes. I never." Which is that's also kind of fun. Nineteen fifty-five. Now, oh my god. Tony got up to perform. And oh at first God. I was like, is she about to do the serpent dance? I was like, no, she's not about to do the serpent dance. She does this rhythmic spoken word poetry. And then at one point it just goes back and forth between Cheryl's face and Tony as Tony is just like, just going, take me. And like, then it's like <laughs> Cheryl going, ah. and then she goes, take me. And Cheryl goes like, ah, and like just like watching it. It is such a sexy sexy scene where no sex happens and i was just like Whoa! yeah i actually think that that might have been that and the dream sequence in this episode might be the sexiest riverdale has ever been yeah wow yeah i just i mean i already have such the hots for tony and like the character tony again i try to separate well Grown up character. They're in. She's in her 30s. I'm allowed to say that. The beautiful woman that plays Tony Topaz is in her 30s. All right. She's hot. She's so hot. She is astonishingly hot. So I'm I'm okay. I'm allowed to say. I don't know why. I, got, I, I don't know why. I just feel such guilt in saying it. Vanessa Morgan is her name. Okay. Yeah. I feel bad. I've never learned anything about. I'm like, she's my favorite actress in Riverdale. I don't know her name. I don't know what else she's done. I'm just like, she's Tony and she's hot and she's in her 30s. Because she's Tony in our brains and that's all right. You know, it's difficult to distinguish the character sometimes. Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. 
Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms. And producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. So Cheryl, right after this insane performance, is straight up like, Archie, take me home. I gotta leave because she's about to slip out of her seat. And then yeah, everybody's then gonna just know. Came. Yes, and yeah. the snail trail that follows her. <laughs> she had to go home. So Archie takes her home, and obviously it's not been like a great date because she's kind of been bitchy the whole time. But then Cheryl kisses him on the mouth and is like, Will you walk me to school tomorrow? Because Cheryl understands and the guilt and the shame yeah. that she feels for it's Cheryl killed this episode. Absolutely. Like, I felt so bad for her. Yes. Because she feels so ashamed about how she feels. Yes. Cheryl has killed literally every single episode of Riverdale she's ever been in. She never fails, even when the show is failing. But this episode, she was so good. Yeah, because she really did do a good job of being like, we're so used to Cheryl being this like confident bitch. And it is really interesting to see her be so like un unmoored you know she's like so she's so attracted to tony they obviously have so much chemistry but she's so afraid of being gay that she's just like trying to like smother it down and she's like it's manifesting in her being like furious at tony and so she's just trying to like make it work with archie and yeah the feelings i had about seeing them together was like i was like i actually like kind of enjoy cheryl and archie together in the abstract but it's it also was like really, I don't. This is very corny to say, but I feel like for whatever the show has and hasn't done, they have established the characters and the relationships well enough that it is kind of like pleasing to see Archie and Cheryl just be like, "We're such good friends. Let's just give it a try." You know, it's like how sometimes friends that happens, and you're like, "Should we try?" We've a date? all done it you know? before, and yeah. you try it, and then you're like. No, right. this is weird. Right. This is not going where we wanted to go. Yeah, but it felt very honest. Like Cheryl's entire agony, this entire episode felt so honest at her being like, maybe this will, maybe I should just like get with Archie. Like everybody wants to be with Archie. Like I'll just, just do it. Just grit my teeth and bear it. And that's so sad. It's so sad. And they really, the show really does manage to like, right. In this episode, we see Veronica likes Archie, Betty likes Archie and Cheryl's kind of trying to like Archie. And I think that they actually did a surprisingly good job of showing the, di- the nuance of the three different relationships there. Like with Betty and Archie, it's just this like, you could try to keep it in the bottle, but you can't like a mutual attraction with Veronica and Archie. It's this much more loaded, like, they're compatible in these like in some ways and like so not compatible in others yeah. he's so sincere she's so uh just the opposite of she's sincere. a she-wolf of wall street she's a I she-wolf mean, of wall street and uh forever yeah and so so in addition to this extremely sexy poetry reading scene there is is it before the makeup party or after the makeup party that we get the dream sequence it's before, before. because that's so that's the thing is that the dark room 
everybody's horny. Betty's upset because Kevin's not touching on her. Right. Cheryl and Archie have the weird time. And then, um, you know, Ke- and Kevin can't be with Clay. And so everyone's all very frustrated. So it cuts to Betty with her human sexuality book, reading it under the covers. And then she starts having visions of making out hardcore with Kevin. And then they're just it becomes this like jungle sequence where they're, they're Yeah, it's like a dance. Yeah. But like they're all in chairs like making out with each other, but it almost feels like a modern dance sequence. Yeah. And it just And oh, with jungle music. Yes. And then like Archie starts making out with Cheryl. And I was just like, I'm a mouth agape, just like I am so like this scene. <laughs> Made me so weirdly turned on by Archie, and yeah. I'm never turned on by Archie. I know. And then, like, Archie does his hot makeout session with Cheryl, and then he has his hot makeout session with Veronica, and then Cheryl and Tony start making out, and then Kevin and Clay start making out, and then Betty just straight up straddles Archie and gets on top of him and starts making out with him, just like grinding up against him. This scene, I was just like, like Jeff, I was like, (laughs) Jeff was was using like the Theragun on my back. Like I was laying on the, on the couch face down and Jeff's like, you have to stop humping. I'm trying to like, (laughs) I'm trying to help your back. And I was just like, (laughs) I'm sure Jeff was just like, Riverdale, I'm trying to keep my wife calm, okay? <laughs> I went into overdrive. I couldn't handle myself. And I was like, this scene was so good. Oh my God. It was just so good. Also, like, I hope that all the actors like know each other well enough and are cool enough that this was just like, I hope, please God, let this have been a really fun scene to film. But they were all just Riding on each other. Right. Damn. KJ Apple. Wow. Great day on set. Wow. Three different women riding on him. Man. All I can think about is how all the stories I hear about how like KJ Appa is like you know arguably very attractive man but also is a very odd duck. Yeah. And like I can only imagine like the conversations in between these grind sessions that they're and all having. He, he starts speaking in his New Zealand accent and it's just immediately like oh my god. Oh my god. What are uh, we that doing went well here? then? You know, <laughs> could you imagine? <laughs> All right, time for Lily Reinhardt to hop on that. Hop on that dick. (laughs) (laughs) I just, uh, it was uh, unbelievable, which is what spurs on the makeout party. So, like, the best makeout scene, because in reality, if you do think about it, again, like the last makeout party, I mean, I feel like. I've only been to one makeout party and it also didn't go well. Like, do they ever go well? I think that they are inherently never going to go well. No. Like, that somebody is always going to get their feelings hurt or like, if it's going well, like I've been to one makeup party that was like in sixth grade and it was just like not going well for that reason. Yeah, you know, it was just like everyone Your was children. just, it was too, yeah, it was like the desire was there, but the... 
the skill was not. No, um, I was just the Ethel at my makeout party. <laughs> and I was just like, no one wants to make out with me. Awesome. Great. I love yeah. being here. So what did I do? I got like drunk on Smirnoff, like hot Smirnoff by myself. So that's what I did. Yeah. Yeah. I think people's feelings <laughs> are going to get hurt. And at this makeout party, uh, I mean, they did a good job of trying to include, to Veronica's credit, she organized a good makeup party. The, the first postal game was off, the, the post office. Yeah. The post office one where everybody got a number, uh, every boy got a number of a girl so that basically every boy got to kiss some random girl. And actually, I do think that's a more equitable version I thought it was of pretty, a makeup party. Yeah, a good way to kick it off because Cheryl gets fangs, which I'll watch it any day of the week. Yeah. Kevin gets Midge, and like we got to give Midge's got to be more of a character unless she's about to get killed. Yeah, like do you think that they brought her back to kill her again? Because it was like they're not giving anything to Midge. It's definitely right now. I know Midge is Midge is giving like her contract requires that she not say more than three words per episode or something, or otherwise yes. they have to pay her more. You know, it's got to be something like that because she's not saying anything, and she um so she makes out with Kevin, which of course is you know little stale and then that's when betty kisses jughead and we see the like moment of remembrance and um i will say i wasn't oh, crazy because is that the, what that was yes in the recap uh-huh. um this the, the one that i'm looking at right now uh, they did say did we sense a hint of that old hashtag bughead connection there uh-huh. and so i do think that this is gonna or like maybe, maybe it's just going to be through lily reinhardt because you think about it who's the biggest of the like you know, detectives here. It's always Jughead and Betty. Yeah. So maybe they're going to be the ones that start remembering through their connection. Oh, and, shit, I love that. Right? I actually felt bad during this kiss because I know that Lily Reinhardt and Cole Sprouse don't like each I other. I felt bad too. <laughs> yeah. I felt bad too. And I thought, I honestly am such a dupe. I thought that moment of recognition was the actors. Like, I thought that was like a little moment of like, we are exes. We don't want to be doing kiss. this. Yeah, like that's what I saw it as. But of course, they are gifted actors playing characters. Yes. And that little moment was the character. I actually love the idea of them being the ones to remember and then work together on it. I don't yeah. love that for Lillian Cole, but no. I love it for us. I love it for us. I love it for us. But then <laughs> Veronica sets it up so she kisses Archie and she kisses Archie. And my lo- I love this. Fang says, she's going to suffocate him. And then Tony says... But what a way to go. I love that. And that that made me slip (laughs) out of my seat. But what a way to go. And it was, I love too that like in this world, we never had the like Fangs and Tony get weirdly like married and are bi, but kind of stop being queer because they get married and have a kid and just like don't ever get to be queer in the show anymore which was what happened last season and in this season they're just like we just know they're both queer and they're best friends and like that's what I love about Tony and Fanks's relationship and the whole serpents thing being like we are like the sexual deviants and we are really cool with each other and yes. you guys are the squares you know yes and they're bringing oh not tonight though now everybody's getting it tonight but then what ends up happening is that everyone has to pair off and Veronica does not want to be with Julian so she goes with the Jughead and it was really cute scene because like they never have scenes together. I was thinking the same thing. I loved this scene. Right? And Veronica and Jughead just like hit it off and they like talked about horror movies yeah. and they just talked for hours and like yeah. apparently they stayed up like most of the night but like and not 
making out, just talking to each other, which is adorable. Yes, and it was. It's like a relationship that they've never that the show has never invested in developing because Ever. they weren't kissing, and it was actually really satisfying to just be like, "Yeah, you guys are best friends. You're like part of a quattro that is best friends. So like, let's see you guys hang out and like." I mean, in this universe, they're not best friends, but we know we know who they are. Yeah. And so it was really fun and satisfying to see them just have like a platonic friendship scene. Yeah. I it loved was really it. Really cute. Yeah. And then I will say I was triggered by what Betty is going through with Kevin, <laughs> trying to straddle him and being like, why aren't you into this? And I was just like, been there, girl. Oh, <laughs> I've been there many a time. When Midge, when Midge has to kiss Kevin and he's like moving his head around and she just grabs his face and goes, stop, stop moving your head. head. <laughs> <laughs> Poor yeah, Kevin. Again, she's been getting dirty, it with things. Kevin is I just know. like, I know he's closeted. I know it must like, I, I know that we're supposed to like have such compassion for Kevin and we do, but uh, because they've just always made Kevin so pathetic, Kevin is just like, oh, I don't know. Kiss anybody, you know, know, and it's just like Kevin. Come oh, on, he's gonna give him start. A little more. He's gonna start making out with Clay in like the janitor's closets here pretty soon. I, like, I hope can't, so because like, I know we did have Kevin with Fangs, but even that, Kevin has just—they've always kept Kevin. Like they haven't really, and despite the fact that he's always cruising in the woods, they don't actually give Kevin like a sexuality that we really see. We—it's his sexuality has always been kind of cordoned off. Like he's in the woods, you know, he's dating Fangs, but like he doesn't get like a like a like a grinding sex scene. Usually, no, which was I why it see was, it. We, we saw a little bit of that with him and Clay in this episode. That yes. was in the, in the dream sequence. And that was nice. And so Betty's really upset. So she eventually, the next day will give him the Dr. Kingsley human sexuality book to see if hopefully he will learn something <laughs> because she is just not getting it. She's just not getting the fact that he's gay. And that's, that is the big issue here. She's just not seeing it. And, while all of this is happening, oh my God, talk about like, I felt so bad during the scene. I wanted to feel sexy between Cheryl and Archie, but you could tell that Cheryl is just doing it desperately trying to like, I I don't know if she actually loses her virginity with Archie that night. She claims to, but like if she did that to try and desperately not be gay, that hurts my fucking soul. Yeah, she comes back and tells Penelope and Julian, like, well, congratulations, you did it, and Archie pinned me. Um, and yeah, she has, like, the, the Cheryl, like, flair, but she does seem very unhappy. Sad about it, and it made me feel really sad, but then again, it's because I legitimately cared about the characters this episode, because it was a great fucking episode. Yeah, yeah it was. I just I, I just was completely lost track of time and didn't realize we're at the end of this episode of Riverdale Rondo, because I oh, was like, yes. I could keep talking about this. Oh, we. I know, that's why I'm trying to like, ra- I'm, I'm heading towards the yeah. end, wrapping her up, because it was such a good episode. I'm telling you guys, maybe just watch yeah. it. You know what happens, you know what's going going to happen with it but at least watch that dream sequence yeah mamma mia yeah. whoa and like we always I... say we love the experimental stuff the music the the dances the you know and, and when, when riverdale gets weird and like they 
they killed it in this. Absolutely. And thank you guys so much for joining us this week on Riverdale Roundup. I hope that you got as slippery, <laughs> slappery as we did, because good Lord. And again, we didn't even get into the character of Lizzo, which is just, I hope Lizzo comes back. Please, Lizzo, come back, because I want to see more of that raven hair beauty. Good Lord. <laughs> oh, she'll be back. Oh, I love a serpent. <laughs> and I love you guys. Don't worry. We'll be back soon. Thank you so much, Thank- MJ. You, Jackie. Oh, the season's just going to keep getting oh. gayer and gayer. How fun is that? Yes! <laughs> All right. Love you guys. Talk to you soon. Bye. Bye. This show is made possible by listeners like you. Thanks to our ad sponsors. You can support our shows by supporting them. For more shows like the one you just listened to, go to lastpodcastnetwork.com. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.